So this week's episode, we have two amazing sponsors, one being TCM Restoration and the other Desert Wind Outfitters. Be sure to check them out. And if you are in need of any services that either of these wonderful companies provide, please be sure to give them an opportunity first. Welcome to the 49th Meal Podcast. My name is Mitchell Howe and I am your host. I'm going to take you along a journey throughout the state of Alaska, where we will meet the men and women that make the food that you love. All right, everybody. Welcome to the 49th Meal. This week, we are talking with Christy over at the Alaska Farm Tours, which is a really cool uh, business and concept, something my family looked at when we first got up here, but working on the train, I have not had the chance to do the tours yet, but excited to learn about it. I will let Christy introduce herself. Hi, everybody. So I'm Christy Short. I am the current owner of Alaska Farm Tours. Previously, for the four years before I just bought it in January, good timing, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Margaret Adsit was the previous owner, and um, she had this little squirrel on her head running around thinking, oh, wow, what can we do with uh, connecting farms and, and people and um, this was her brainchild, so uh, she she is uh, out right now because she had her second child, and I was, she'd been thinking about having me kind of take over for a while, and we finally sat down, talked through it, and said, yeah, sure, signed to the paperwork <laughs> in January, <laughs> and then this happened, so go COVID, Yay. <laughs> I know this COVID, it, it's just it's reached, I think, every business, every sector, every person's life in ways that we never imagined a virus of all things. Yeah, I, I, this, I didn't see this one coming. And now, so what is Alaska Farm Tours? Like, um, what do you guys do? And Yeah, so we are in the Yahoo Matsu, um, the Matsu Valley official visitor's guide. We're in that. Um, we're part of the Alaska Travel Industry association um what we do is we either have farms here in palmer or we have farm uh farm farms farm tours in palmer or farm tours in talkeetna and for either of those we typically take you out to a few different farms or a brewery um, we have an all alaska grown lunch and it's it's not a ooh, there's a pretty farm it's more of an educational how do we do things up here type scenario Um, And I love being able to show people from the lower 48 (laughs) and all actually all around the world too, because it happens too. Um, But yeah, we have farms here in Alaska. (laughs) I know it's funny because until really I started doing this podcast, I mean, I've heard of like the, um, like the cabbage and the different uh, vegetables at the state farm, uh, state fair, but yeah. until I really started doing this, I did not think of Alaska, of all places, as anything farming related, besides maybe some fish farms, which I know are super popular. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but, oh. I mean, it's just not something you think of uh, as farming. So, what is the farm scene up here, especially in the Matsu? I'm very interested since I do live here. Um, the Matsu Valley, compared to some of the other stuff that's going on in the lower 48. Well, in in terms of 
number of farms, I'd say there's less than in the lower 48. Um, but in terms of size, I'd also have to say some of our biggest farms are 1,700 acres, like Bryce Wrigley's farm up in Delta um, with uh, Alaska Flower Company. Um, but we, we around here don't have generally huge amount of acres. Uh, I get people that come up here and, oh yeah, we got 22,500 acres. And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, uh, our, one of the farms that I was helping manage for a bit, um, Bushes Bunches, it's only 53 acres in total and it's spread out over three different areas. Uh, we've got four acres over on Inner Springer. That's mostly where we do all of the, the zucchini squash kind of things. And then there's 35 acres out in Sutton uh, that does mostly the different varieties of potatoes. And then there's the 14 acres of the main farm and the farm stand. So, and we're considered kind of a, a medium large farm. So, <laughs> that's uh it's kind of silly, but um, yeah, the, the the different types of farms up here are pretty phenomenal, though. I mean, right next to one another, you can have like Ben Vanderweel's farm, huge commercial growing operation, and then you have a, a, a Dahlia farm, uh, flowers and whatnot, and then you've got uh, a smaller farm, but still really awesome that they, well, where they'll grow onions and and um strawberries and tomatoes and cucumbers and then right next to that you've got a berry farmer that's doing currants and <laughs> <laughs> what a <laughs> little bit of everything a <laughs> little bit of everything and now have you seen since uh you've been up here have you seen the the farming industry kind of picking up here or is it kind of weaning off? Like, I know a lot of the 48s, they say a lot of the farms are being condensed. It's kind of being monopolized by a few big companies. What What's the scenery like up here for the family farmer? What I know, well, I was born and raised up here. I was born in Ketchikan. Okay. Um, I did live a little bit up in North Pole for a second in, in Anchorage, but I did most of my elementary, junior high, and high school up here in, in the Valley area. I did end up getting out of state for a second to go to college at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I, my, my major was natural resources management with a minor in recreation and tourism, emphasis in international ecotourism. Oh, wow. Uh, gotten interested in that because in high school, I had the most amazing ag teacher, Don Burbrick, and he's I, since retired. Um, but he's still out here in the valley. He's actually the, uh, the current farmer I was talking about that, that grows berries. And after college, I ended up coming back up here. I worked for the Matsu Farm Bureau for a little bit. And then I worked for Division of Agriculture for the Alaska Grown pro uh, Program. So I worked with Amy Pettit. She was my boss there. I was her program assistant. And for that, we were trying to connect farms to schools. So the whole farm to school program. And my big interest was connecting restaurants and farms. So the restaurant um, rewards program, uh, I started that one back then. And then after that, I started working for 
Bruce Bush at uh, Bush's Punches managing his farm. And last year I decided to be, I wanted to be a tour guide. So I worked for Salmonberry Tours. And then that's when Margaret was like, hey, how did you like that? Uh, were you, were you interested in being a tour guide? I mean, you've got the farming background. I've got a proposition for you. So, so that's kind of my background. And from all of that, I've seen Alaska's agriculture grow and grow and grow. So since 1986, when the Alaska Grown Program actually began, it's just increased exponentially the number of farmers we have. They might be small, but we have so many of them. Um, so I'm actually seeing an increase, but we're also seeing a huge population boom too. So with population, that means we need our own habitat. And unfortunately here in the valley, that habitat keeps getting eaten up by houses. Um, we do have the Alaska Farmland Trust and um, the Great Land Trust. So between those two, those are two entities that are really helping preserve farmland here in the valley that will always be farmland. We can build houses on the sides of cliffs, for crying out loud, <laughs> but you cannot grow anything on the side of a cliff. So trying to preserve the farmland that we do have is, is pretty essential in my book. Something that caught my interest when you were talking about with the schools. I know I grew up in a huge FFA community mm -hmm. uh, down in Washington. FFA was everything, everywhere. And I, I don't hear about it as much up here. Uh, do we small. have it? What, what is the programs and how are we getting the younger generations interested in farming up here? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was in FFA all through um, high school. And at that time, it was Future Farmers of America. I think they've changed it now to the for the future of agriculture, I believe. Um, but it is still kicking. There is still um, several chapters up here in Alaska. Gosh, there, there used to be a chapter in North Pole. There was chapters down in Homer and um, here in Palmer. And gosh, I, I can't even remember all of them right now. If you look up Alaska FFA, you can probably figure it all out or, or look on their Facebook page. Um, but some of those kids are going and doing things related to agriculture here. So that's nice. Um, some of them just liked going to the state competition for the floor <laughs> competition. You know, get out of school for a couple of days, whatever. Um, no, kids wanted wanted to join a program just for that. <laughs> oh, oh. So it's 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 not as huge as it is down the lower forty eight, where you've got these kids that are raised on giant cattle feedlots and they know everything about cows and or chicken lots and you're near down there is in poultry judging competition at nationals going like oh my god <laughs> so, um, a little different uh, but the kids up here they, they still like it um, we use a lot of them at the farm for for work hands so okay yeah uh, like where um, I grew up it was a lot of uh, beef farming a lot of cattle farm mm -hmm. that was like the big thing and I just remember like everything in town was uh, sponsored by FFA, put on, and when state came around, it was always such a big deal. 
But myself, I'm not a farmer. It's not. <laughs> I, I actually I did more than like the what do they call it? Uh, FBLA, Future Business Leaders. Oh. Mm -hmm. That over FFA, but it was always. I mean, I grew up with it. It was a big part of. You, you couldn't blink in town without. Something yeah, the 4-H community up here is pretty huge too. Um, I I am not so familiar with it, um, but um, at the at the state fairgrounds when all the kids bring in all their animals in August, oh my gosh, I love it! I love going through there. I love seeing what they've done. I I think it's fabulous, and I don't have to go very far because usually our booth is just a couple doors <laughs> down from that the farm so and now what has been the the tourist reaction is it a lot of just educating them that we even have farms up here because i know when i came up as a tourist it was fishing uh the railroad denali like i didn't think much about the farm so what what's the tourist reaction when they're approaching you or you guys are approaching them to let them know about the farming yeah, so I'll get calls from some folks in, say, England, and um, I love talking to them, and they're just very interested in how we do things here. You know, can you, can you grow? Can you grow anything? Do you have trees? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Um, it's so, all flat and igloos. Yeah, all flat and igloos, yeah. <laughs> I live in a three-story igloo with a two-car garage and Wi-Fi. Um, JM here, reminding you, whether you're looking for a complete rifle or just some ammunition for Old Faithful, DesertWindOutfitters.com. We got you covered. But the, the folks that I, I have calling me are just, sometimes they have special requests. Like, hey, I grew up on a, on a cattle um, farm, and I, I want to go check out what kind of cattle farms are there in Alaska. Okay, we can do that. So I do custom tours um, as well, but I can make anything happen. Um, I'll, I have some folks that ask me, I just want to see animals. I'm like, okay, well, we can do the reindeer farm. We can do the muskox farm. <laughs> we can go cattle farm. We can go look at some goats. We can, <laughs> well, what would you like? And they're like, so usually it ends up being muskox, reindeer farm, and, and something else, you know. Um, sometimes I get the really big operation growers from down south that uh, want to see our largest farms. And I'm like, well, we'd have to go to Delta for that one. But I could take you to Ben Vanderweel's place. <laughs> He's a potato grower, 14th, uh, 14th generation potato farmer from Denmark. Um, let's oh, wow. go hang out with him. Oh, man, it, Ben and Seuss Vanderweel are great, too. Uh, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting them a couple different times uh, at different places I've been. They're definitely a uh, one, hopefully, to get a future guest on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just have always wanted to be adopted by them. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's, he's, his spirit is so light and happy, and I... I love his smile. He's he's a fabulous, fabulous guy. Um, so yeah, I just get different requests for different things, and I if if it's a small tour, I can kind of cater that too. So um, maybe you're up in Talkeetna doing a, a 
a tour with me and first thing I do is I take you out to Flying Squirrel Bakery and uh, Anita cooks us a really delicious Alaska grown meal there and then we go and find out where all that food came from. We head over to Birch Creek Ranch and we'll check out that farm there and typically after that we'll head back out to do a birch syrup sampling Ooh. at yeah, Alaska Birchworks. Um, over at Mike and, and Dulcie's place. Um, and then oh, they've got a great story too. So my, my, oh, I'll stop. I'm, I'm <laughs> I can talk about them forever. <laughs> um, but then uh, after that, we typically, if you are a drinker, we will go to Denali Brewing Company, do a brewery tour and um, check that out um, before I, I, offload you or pour you back into your hotel room um or if you're not then we go over to the grove which is a little sustainable farm permaculture farm right there so uh, but if you're a small group i can i can finagle all kinds of cool stuff for you so same thing without here you know do a, a large commercial grow up do a, a an organic place um uh, a colony farm, which is usually really cool. So, and, and now uh, with people coming up, you were talking about the Musox farm and the reindeer farm. Is uh, can you tell us a little bit about those and what people can, would expect? Is I, I've had friends in the lower forty-eight. They'll see something on the Musox farm and they're like, "What is that? Like, do we go to it?" Like, it's muskox. Like, of course you go to it. <laughs> um, I love the, going to the muskox farm out here. Uh, and if I create a tour, I try to go there first. The reason is, is because you can't pet them. Um, so they have about 80, 81 animals. However, it is calving season right now. So that number might be more. <laughs> um, and every year they name them after... A certain topic last year was cheese so they had munster and gouda <laughs> as nice. their they're, they're super stinking cute i love them um so what you'll end up doing is doing like this 45 minute loop around the muskox farm and if you think of a muskox you kind of think of like kind of like a water buffalo yak kind of looking animal with really short legs they're like the corgis of alaska right <laughs> um, I absolutely love that. That needs to be like hashtag corgis of Alaska. You're right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just what I think of when I when I when I. I, talk I think they got their new uh, marketing slogan for next year. <laughs> Alaska, yeah, yeah, and they just November twenty second last um, fall they ended up um, having their their grand reopening because their barn has been redone and everything. Oh, it's beautiful if you haven't gone go it's fabulous and they have a brand new gift shop they have running water and heat <laughs> it's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes i mean we're we're alaska but still running water still gets us excited at oh certain man. places <laughs> plumbing indoor plumbing is my favorite um so usually i'll take folks to the muskox farm first and then I'll do the reindeer farm because sometimes you get to pet the reindeer you know you get to go in there and you get to feed them if I do it the opposite way people are like well why don't we get to feed these muskox too 
So I do it the opposite way just because I don't want them to also try to feed the muskox because those are dangerous. Um, but uh, with the, the muskox farm, yeah, you can have a little handful of feed and they, their little nozzle just comes right in there and chomps right down. And um, I mean, if, they're, they're ant- if their antlers are growing, you can't touch those because those are super sensitive. Um, but they have an elk over there and moose and all kinds of cool stuff. So that's like the petting farm, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll do that, but. And so now uh, with, with the shredded COVID-19, um, obviously it, it's affected the tourism business all. I mean, it's just smacked it down to nothing, but. On the farmer side, what are you seeing the effects on their side? Because I'm sure you're hearing all all different types of stuff on it. Well, so unrelated to COVID, one of our major distributors here in the Valley um, was retiring um, this year. So he's, he's not doing um, – what he normally does, which is provide distribution services for about eight large farms out here in the valley to the grocery stores in around the state. So um, that we kind of were like, okay, well, we, we kind of prepared for that. So some of the farmers were like, yeah, you know, I'm getting old too. I'm just going to grow less food this year. And uh, then this happens and we're like, no, plant more. <laughs> the worst timing for it ever so there are some younger farmers that are like yeah challenge accepted let's do this Uh, and the old folks are like "Eh, eh." (laughs) (laughs) so um uh i think i i think even bruce bush is cutting down on the number of squash he's going to plant out in the inner springer um and field crew isn't so much of a challenge because nobody has a job right now and you can be outdoors and six feet apart from your 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 other person so I didn't yeah I didn't even think about that the the people out actually work in the fields yeah yeah the the folks that are out in the fields planting and stuff right now putting up pea fences and stuff that's it's pretty easy to just stay six feet away Sometimes you're like more like a quarter mile away. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, the, the growing situation this year, I'm, I'm really hoping to see a lot of the up and coming farmers producing more this year. And maybe with a little help with uh, some of our older folks that, that would be there to mentor them. I, I think that would be fabulous. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. I've been trying to talk to folks like possibly the Alaska State Fair Fairgrounds to act as like a food distribution point for the folks that don't have an outlet and aren't connected in with farmers markets yet to at least have a place to bring all the food so that it can be picked up from people like it's a central location. So that's, we're talk, there's talk of that, but I don't, I don't know how far it's going to get. I think it's a great idea, but 
we'll see. And now we'll see. I know one thing um, a lot of my guests talk about, and obviously it's going to be a very passionate issue for you, is the food security in Alaska. I think if anything, this COVID has shown us just how, especially the beginning when they were talking about shutting ports down and everything. Do you see the farming, especially the up and coming generations, kind of really stepping up for that challenge of food security in Alaska? Oh, I hope so. I mean, back when I was working at Division of Ag, Bryce Wrigley, he was already talking about food security. And Amy was like, yeah, food security. Yes, of course. So, and at one point it was 98% of our food is shipped in. Then it was 95. I've heard that it's down to 92. Um, but back in the, the 30s, it was only like 50%. I mean, it was really low. I mean, we half of our food was shipped in, half of it was grown here. So I really want to get back to that level of food security. Um, I mean, I, I know that we have a giant barn still full of viable food, uh, lots of potatoes, but you can only eat so many potatoes. (laughs) 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 Um, And I I bless Bryce's heart for thinking uh, so far in advance um, and getting other people on board with the same subject. Uh, Liz with Fresh at the University of Alaska Anchorage is in the, the same boat talking about food security for Alaska and Anchorage specifically, but yeah, um, hopefully my, my biggest hope that comes out of all of this is that people up here realize, oh, this is a delicate balance. You know, a lot of people just take for granted there's going to be food at the store. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> well, How's that working? <laughs> <laughs> See, we had we got kind of our first taste of that. Um, the first winter we lived up here in Sitka. Berries. Due to storms. Yep, due to storms and other stuff. All the food was got to Juno, got held up, and a lot of it spoiled. We went almost a month with no dairy yeah. coming to the island because everything had to be shipped up from Seattle. We only have one dairy farmer in the entire state, Hefelmeister Dairy. One. What? That's the only dairy. Oh, wow. Okay. I did not know that was the only dairy farmer. Yeah. There used to be several more. There used to be several more. Um, is, it the, is it the business climate of Alaska or is it just the housing or is it just kind of a mix of everything rough for them? Because I imagine their cost through the winter to keep their cows alive has to be astronomical yeah yeah but uh the i mean one of the ones the major ones that just shut down was for poor business practices so i'm not going to go into that one much more (laughs) so and one of the local delivery folks her name is kyla byers she owns arctic harvest deliveries and um before she bought it uh dave thorne delicious dave I don't know if you've heard of Delicious Dave. He's a, I have, he's a, I've heard the name. Yeah, he's he's pretty freaking awesome. Um, but if you look up Arctic Harvest Deliveries, um, talk to Kyla or Jason, actually, um, they're, they're still trying to do as much as they can to utilize all of the, the farms that are out here, all everything that they're growing, 
and getting it to the restaurants that are still purchasing, although they, they are thinking ahead and thinking, oh, okay, all these restaurants are gonna be purchasing less, so these farmers are still growing stuff, a lot of them. Um, what are we gonna do? CSAs, so Community Supported Agriculture Boxes. So that she's increased the number of CSAs through her company and is now being able to do home delivery with those as well. So she's got several different kinds of boxes. So she's kind of moving things around, you know, so not a whole lot's going to the restaurants when she does pickups um, all around from the, the farms out here, but she's none of that food's going to waste. It's being used through the CSAs, so. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And now, at, since you have a deep understanding of all the farming up here, obviously, what's an area you would like to see Alaska explore more in the farming sector? Oh, explore more of in the farming sector. Holy biscuits. <laughs> um, gosh. Um, I think... I know I do want to see more dairy farmers come back in. I just know it's super stinking hard. It's just so difficult for that. If we had an experienced person to be able to do that. But what what I see needed in Alaska for sure is some type of a distribution um, center, some localized central um, to each area because Alaska is such a huge state, um, being able to transport food up to Fairbanks um, so that it can get out to the neighboring bush communities instead of it being flown out of Anchorage. It's so expensive for those poor people out there to get food. Um, but I'd love to see some type of distribution network set up. And I'd also really love to see um, like what Seeds of Change has done, where they are doing hydroponic growing in a warehouse kind of deal. So some of those bush communities that are out there, maybe on a smaller scale, like a Connex or so, and I know that there are a couple out there already um, growing food for their community. So those are, those are a couple few things that I could see um, that Alaska could really use up here. So now, um, just kind of spitballing off the top of my head, a thing I've seen, um, especially in places that are hard to do some live stock farming. I mean, we have like the yaks or the muskox and stuff. It is, could you see that like kind of an alternative to cow, uh, growing here? Um, just because I, I know the muskox farm and their situation really well. Um, it is cost prohibitive to use those as a meat type animal. Okay. Tried to milk a muskox? No. <laughs> so, I just don't think so. Um, okay, that, that's why I said it's something I, I don't know much about, but it just kind of thinking, I was like, well, we, we have one farm, we have a couple reindeer farms, like, yeah. is there any alternative source of meats that we could farm? Yeah, it's I, I can just imagine. Caribou. <laughs> That's subsistence living, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, Ugh. I, I the, the muskox only live to be about fifteen years old. They've got a couple of guys that are in their their twenties, little man. But um, 
Yeah, you can't grow muskox for food so much. Um, the reindeer farm possibly could be doing more, uh, but they would need help and they'd have to have a lot of uh, support from the community to make that happen. Um, yeah, do you see when the farm, like, do, or is the community really receptive to the farmers as, as they're trying to grow their businesses and their farms? Or you were talking about kind of that housing versus farming uh, battle. And especially I know, Matsu, we're, we're exploding all the time. Uh, it seems yeah. like there's always something going up. So is it really receptive or is there kind of some pushback from the community? You know, honestly, um, I'm, I'm on the Palmer Facebook page, um, the Palmer buzz and this community on the palmer buzz website or facebook page is phenomenal and um even with my business i've kind of had to pivot it a little bit because i you know don't have so many tourists <laughs> this year uh and when all of them wanted refunds you know the the bank account went into negative numbers you're like ah, stop can we just transfer you to next year um, I, I had a lot of support, um, from the community because I still feel like the farmers need help. So I changed up my, my MOD to be more of a, a delivery type service for the farmers. So there's a pig farmer that's also got eggs. All right, I've got a stack on that. Uh, I've got a beef farmer over here. Cool, let's move that. Oh, what else is up and running right now that needs a lot of help? The greenhouses, so, but people can't go out and get to the greenhouse to find <laughs> their veggie stars. So, you know, being able to pick up these different supplies from other, all these different things and getting it delivered to the house is what I've been helping out with. So, and I've seen a lot of uh, starts going to people's houses, which gives me super big, happy applause to all those folks for starting their own victory garden kind of things. So yes, grow your food, grow your food. Uh, this year, I actually uh, just last week planted uh, my microgreens and then mm -hmm. started a few peppers and strawberries just to kind of yep <laughs> to, to get out and now one thing i have seen it's really seemed like this last few months i've seen a lot of people talking about starting beehives oh Are, yeah lots of bee, bee folks out here yeah it, is there a lot of networking between the farmers and the bee folks like oh yeah 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 for sure um so like you because I was manager over at Bush's Bunches, um, farm manager, the, there's a, a gentleman that comes in and he had 26, let's say 25 to 30 hives there at the farm. So um, it's beneficial for us, it's great for him. Um, he ends up giving us some of his honey at the end of the, the season, it's fabulous. Um, and, it just it just works out for everyone and i've seen um even the school in palmer one of the schools like um academy charter school their sixth grade class is dedicated um just just that class 
to a bee, they have a beekeeping portion to their class. Really? So, yep. And it's so great. So um, I typically will help them distribute all their honey and get it out there because nobody knows that they're doing it. Um, but I love that Academy Charter School is teaching um, their every grade, you know, you, you come through that school. And if you're in the sixth grade, you get to have that class. So every class uh, level has their own little specific thing that they get to do. Um, but uh, I love that they're doing beekeeping for those guys. So that's so amazing. I know I, it's something I've wanted to get into. My wife's like, I will kill you. Ashmore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with Trunk Road honey, um, Renee, uh, grandma's Alaska honey. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that. If you look up the Alaska beekeeping association, there's gosh the president steve i think his name is anyway they they have so many resources for folks because they want people to know how to do it too yeah you know? it's not just a oh i'm i'm gonna take this information and just budget <laughs> about it so it, it, the the spirit of alaska is you know help your neighbor <laughs> so teach everyone what you know so. it, it is it's funny because i've said it a few times on the show uh, I spent 10 years in Texas, and you always hear about Southern hospitality, and I, I'll say till the day I die, <laughs> amen to that. It has nothing on hospitality compared to Alaska. Now, so for your business, now that I know they've canceled almost, the cruise ships are just gone, are, are you seeing people possibly still trying to come up um, later in I, the summers, or is it... Yeah. People just uh, scared to travel? Well, I, ha I have a few reservations out there from out-of-state folks that they haven't changed their plans yet. I'm just hoping that they don't still <laughs> they make it up here. Um, but I think what I'm going to try and do is focus more on the, the locals, because there are a lot of locals that have never been on a tour, a uh, farm tour. And <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> going right now um <laughs> but what happens is i'm going to be super cautious this year about um the groups of folks i have in the vans when i do them so um but i'm also going to be busy helping out doing deliveries of food to folks too so it's gonna have to work i'm gonna have to kind of finagle my schedule a little bit <laughs> but i want to only have one family group at a time up to 10 people so from two to 10 people in the van that are okay being in the same air with each other um i'll take them around and that'll just be it for my day i'm not gonna try and get another a second tour for the, of the day going it's i i need to disinfect the van and things like that so um yeah i'm hoping that works <laughs> still have my fingers crossed I, I i think it would be a really good opportunity because i know even myself like come summertime i try to avoid a lot of the touristy stuff just because i know it's going to be a nightmare it's gonna be kind of a cluster so i'm really kind of hoping definitely i'm going to book a tour to bring my my family on a farm tour and i I, I personally hope to see a lot of local Alaskans support 
the tourist-based businesses by doing a lot of the stuff that we would normally avoid to avoid dealing with the tourist side. Yeah. So even like Salmonberry tours, they're doing custom tours. They're not calling them. Well, they're custom tours are private tours um, because they're kind of doing the same thing I'm doing. Um, So that's another tourism based business up here. That's a Alaska grown, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I, I actually just got a message from my boss that says, hey, in front of your garage door, you'll find a gift from Mandy, my, 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 one of my other bosses. We appreciate you. I'm curious now. I kind of want to take my iPad out there and look at my garage. What's going on? <laughs> well, thank you so much. I will let you go. Thank you so much for joining us and kind of giving us the lowdown on the farming scene up here in Alaska. Yeah, and hopefully this season, I mean, our season is uh, June 15th through September 15th. And if we can, we'll we'll keep going. Uh, we're just gonna take all the necessary precautions. Um, you know, even if the mandates are taken off, I, I still want to be safe. Um, I, I think I'll still have masks and things and dis- disinfecting things. I, don't want to see a second bloop up on no. the street. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry we'll, I heard that you had had it, and it just does not sound like any fun. No, it, it definitely was not. We were we never got officially confirmed. We were suspected confirmed. But yeah. ever what we got, it kicked our butt. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, and, and we'll make sure we put all, all of your uh, social media. Where can people find you on social media? Let's get that out there yeah. real quick. So um, I'm good at the Facebook. (laughs) Um, My daughter will say, Mom, you're old. That's why you're good at Facebook. (laughs) Um, So Alaska Farm Tours on uh, Facebook. Facegram. Oh, Lord. And and I am on Instagram. Uh, I don't know how to do Twitter world or anything. So, or Snapchat. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so those are the two best ways. Um, my website is alaskafarmtours.com. Um, so you can look at, at pretty pictures and itineraries there. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. That's how you get a hold of us. All right. We'll make sure we get those up in the show notes. So anybody listening to this episode that would like to learn some f- more information, go ahead, click on that logo and it will pull up the show notes. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for joining us. And if there's just any last piece of information you want our guests to know. Oh, my gosh. If you have not been out or even know that there's farming in Alaska, come out. Join us on a tour. (laughs) That's the only way you're going to get to know about it. And get out to the farmer's markets this year. Support your local farmers. So, the, Let's speak the, of that real quick. Um, for sure. people here in the Matsu Valley, uh, where some of the, or, or even all over, just kind of where some of the local farmer markets at? Um, gosh, they're almost a dime a dozen now. So in Anchorage, you've got a Spinard Farmers Market, the, you've got the Midtown Market, you've got South Anchorage Farmers Market, um, there's one in Mountain View. There, you just have to look on certain days. Um, Division of Ag used to have a list of them. Um, in 
even up in Talkeetna, they've got stuff going on. Where else? So I believe this summer, the Girdwood um, may have its own little thing happen a um, couple times a, a, a week, one or two times a week. And out here in the valley, I know Friday Flings in Palmer, it happens. And where else? Where else? Where else? Where else? Um, I'm trying to look up right now on the Division of Ag website in the Alaska Grown Source Book. I'm trying to find the Alaska Grown Source Book on there now. I'm not doing it very well. <laughs> if you find it, you can send me a link to it and I'll put it up on uh, the show notes too so people can look up uh, where, where to support. Because, yes, farmers markets support them all. A lot of, yeah. a lot of the businesses I, on this show, that's where they, they do most of their businesses, farmer yeah. markets. Um, the last thing I see in here is from 2016, so that's not updated very much, but there's one in Anchor Point, Homer, Kenai, Soldatna. There's a few in Soldatna, Wrangell, Skagway, Sitka, Petersburg, Haynes, Bethel, Dillingham, Kodiak. South Central, you've got a lot in Anchorage. You've got a lot. Um, APU has... Now, uh, have you heard? I know, like, they, I, I was hearing that the... Big Anchorage Saturday markets might be canceled. Um, there is, I've been on the. Have, have you heard much about that? Association emails and Robbie Mixon has been um, really helping out with that. We're, I don't think they're necessarily being canceled, but they might be just different. <laughs> It might be uh, uh, mostly just food related or food items only, not so much the arts and craftsy part of okay. it. Okay. So, and they're going to try and do the guidelines six feet apart, da da da, hand washing stations, sanitizer, wear masks. The, the, the new scary norm. <laughs> <sighs> Nobody gets to hug each other when they see each other at the farmer's market. Um, I, d I don't believe they're going to have picnic tables set up so that you can sit down and rest and enjoy your food. It's more of a get your stuff and go. Thank you so much for coming. Um, but it's still supporting the local uh, economy. So that's that's the important thing is that we're still supporting our Alaska economy. And any information, uh, you're more than welcome to shoot over to me on Facebook. Any farmer's markets that you see popping up. And I will be more than happy to share them with our listeners and our fans, just that way we can do our part to help support. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, thank oh. you so much. <laughs> All right, thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Tanner with TCM Restoration and Cleaning. TCM is a full-service emergency restoration, cleaning, and construction company here in the state of Alaska. We specialize in water damage, fire damage, mold remediation, and construction after disasters to help put your home or business back together. TCM started as the Carpet Man in 1996 as a carpet cleaning and janitorial company. But since then, we've grown into a full-service emergency restoration, cleaning, and construction company with about 50 employees. We have two locations currently, one in Anchorage and one in the Valley, although we do work all over the state of Alaska no matter how remote for large projects. 
We answer the phone and respond 24-7 to all emergencies. So if you're ever faced with a water, fire, or mold emergency, you can give us a call at 907-373-7410. We're always here to help. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the interview, please go ahead and be sure to check the show notes so you can follow our guests on their social media. And we also ask that you please give us a thumbs up or a rating wherever you are listening to this podcast. And if you did not like the show, well, just go ahead and listen to something else then. Nobody needs a negative Nancy. Thank you for listening to my daddy, Hugh Ladle. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 